Hi everybody, I'm Mikey and this is I Don't Want to Hear It, straight to your face, mini episode number four. It's just me this week because Shane's lording over a conference room full of clamoring fans and they're all probably tearing each other to shreds just to hear his sheepdog face make words. He'll be back next week for an episode where we run down some of our favorite punk rock songs of all time. Songs that probably don't sync up with your favorites, so I'm sure it will disappoint many of you, causing you to spread nasty rumors and misinformation like we have balls where our dicks should be and dicks where our balls should be and that none of it works. This October we have a lot of fun content planned, most of it blood soaked, so we're excited to bring that to you. We've even got some stuff planned for the holidays so you can have something to listen to other than your Aunt Sylvia gumming down a turkey leg so loud you consider burying the meat timer in her sagging forehead. We're having a blast doing the show, guys, and we appreciate each and every one of you who listens. We were sort of floundering for years without the drive to create music and play shows like we used to. I don't want to hear it has allowed us to keep our toe in that festering, algae-encrusted, above-ground pool that is punk rock. So thanks for listening. It really means a lot, and I don't usually get sentimental because nothing matters and nobody cares. So, without further ado, let's get into our first segment for this teeny tiny little episode. That's right, people. Hold on to your butts. It's time for a 10-second review. Today's review is of the debut full-length by Eyes of the Lord, a metallic hardcore band that boasts members of Twitching Tongues, God's Hate, and the one, the only... Bruce Bloodbath LePage, most famous for being the vocalist for 100 Demons on the In the Eyes of the Lord album. See what they did there? Bruce emailed me more than a few years ago now because I posted some early demos of 100 Demons' self-titled comeback record before he left the band and Pete Morrissey took over on vocals. They were pretty cool. They were different versions of the songs that eventually came out. He told me to take them down because they didn't represent the band's vision at the time. And this was probably a decade after that album had come out on Death Wish. I thought about arguing, but then I remembered that he had exactly 100 demons possessing him, and I thought better of it. Misery Feels Like Home by Eyes of the Lord. Clock starts now. Eyes of the Lord played construction worker metal for lapsed Catholics who are ashamed of their children. They are the musical equivalent of the Raging Bull scene where De Niro flips the dining room table because he wants his steak. This record is a public park barbecue covered in blood. Since Shane's gone, I'm sure most of our regular listeners expect me to become fully untethered and spend hours railing against shadow people with lizard tails. And sure, I could do that. I've got bullet points. But why don't we keep things sophisticated? So how about a quick one on one or five list? Coming in at number five this week is the new Blink-182 LP, Nine. Yeah, it doesn't sound like something I'd usually give a shit about, but I've always liked Blink. I had a friend back in middle school who got me into Pantera and Slayer, and when I told him I thought Enema of the State was a fun record, he just hit me. Well, fuck that guy, he's probably dead. Anyway, this is the second record to feature Matt Skiba, and I've gotta say, I can't think of a better replacement for Tom. I mean, the guy's probably gonna get gunned down in this Area 51 storming anyway, so I say good on them for making the call before he completely lost his fucking mind. So the new stuff is in the same vein as California. Produced to shit pop punk that's really just pop rock mashed up with some robot sounds. 
Mark's voice is still great, even when he's singing about his money and Travis is still a maniac behind the kit. Seriously, it's not bad. At number four is Joe Rogan's interview with Rob Zombie from September 16th, 2019. I like Joe's show, even though sometimes he talks to science bitches who are hard to listen to, but he's out there trying to open minds and fight the good fight. The talk with Zombie is about two hours, and it's great. Their conversation just further confirms that a lot of famous people have no idea how they got to where they are, and they don't really give a shit either. Just do something and, you know, maybe it'll work. Put that on a cat poster, you dick. My number three is a documentary I found out about thanks to the previously mentioned Rob Zombie interview. It's called Broad Street Bullies. And even though it was on HBO, now it's just on YouTube, so watch it before some jabroni takes it down. The movie tells the story of the Philadelphia Flyers from their inception in 1967 to their last finals appearance in 1976. Now, I don't really give a shit about hockey, but I dig a good working class underdog tale and this is that if it's nothing else. Philly's a rough town and they didn't give a fuck about hockey back in 67, but the Flyers finally won them over. How? By kicking the shit out of every team they played and eventually winning the Stanley Cup. Twice. The 60s and 70s footage of these guys is great. Just a bunch of toothless, white, afro-having, 70s porn mustache dudes beating the wheels off everyone. Sports fan or not, this is some wildly entertaining violence. Zombies wanted to make a dramatized version for years, but as he told Joe Rogan, no matter what he did, he couldn't make it happen. Bummer. Imagine Captain Spaulding on ice skates. Coming in at number two is John Wick Chapter 2. Man, I don't know why I didn't watch these movies until this year. Fuck Neo, this is the role Keanu was born to play. The whole mythology of the underworld, not to mention the fact that he literally kills like 300 goons in this movie, just makes it a modern action classic. I bet the pencil scene makes John Woo weep. I dug it so much I went to Best Buy immediately after I finished it and bought John Wick 3. And it was like a fucking ghost town in there. The door greeter was baffled that I even entered the store. But you know what? All those giant retail warehouses deserve to die the slow Amazon death. Just imagine the colossal balls, the hubris you have to have to think a store that huge isn't eventually going down the toilet. I mean, how much must it cost just to keep the air conditioning on? The place is like three stories tall, but it's only one story of stuff. They put the CDs in bins like they're trash and then line every available surface with phones. Jeff Bezos might be the devil, but he's the hairless meteor that's going to wipe out these dinosaurs that think they know entertainment. Fuck them next. And finally, at my number one spot. The new zombie apocalypse record. Life without pain is a fucking fantasy. When I say this is one of the best hardcore metal records I've heard in years, I'm not bullshitting you. Clocking in at 14 minutes and 53 seconds, Matt Fox and the rest of these undead bastards shred through 10 tracks of pure carnage. Songs like Fear Face, You've Got Jail, and Bullshit Destroyer might actually take your head off. The trademark zombie sound is there. Hilarious sound clips wedged between crushing metallic hardcore, ripping thrash, and shrieking rage. And even a surprising amount of halutish melody. I don't think these bricks can make a bad record. And the lyrics... Just check this one out from the aforementioned Bullshit Destroyer. Deceivers hidden among believers with poisoned tongues. Weasel words. You indefensible inhuman shield. You sound how death feels. I call you out. You're double speak and double think. I fucking think you sift through bullshit and rethink. Corpse breath, your words are shit. I call you out. 
Put it on my fucking tombstone. All go. Everyone is human meat. straight to your face I talked about the two books I'm writing because I'm 80 and that's a great way to make a living nevertheless one is an anthology of connected novellas and short stories I've been working on it for years and I still got some work to do the other is a collection of essays and memoir type shit I wanted to have one of them done by August as I've been plugging away at both for I can't even remember how long but it just wasn't going to happen I blame my PS4. Still, you guys will be the first to know when they're ready to go. Same with the true crime podcast I've been sitting on for a few years. It's scripted. I just haven't stammered the words into a mic yet. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Shane will be back in the saddle the next time you hear from us. And thank you in advance for not throwing flaming shit at our houses since we had to do a short episode this week. We promise to have something for you every Monday. Unless, of course, we give you ample warning or if one of us dies. Now, before I leave you to your soul-crushing week, I thought I'd share with you another track from the Absent Friends record, We're Dead. We recorded it this past March of 2019. And you can still download it for free at absentfriendsfl.bandcamp.com. Now, we've been talking about playing some local shows before the end of the year, and we've got our fingers crossed that it'll actually happen. But until that day, here's one of my favorite songs on the recording. It's called Fuck the Florida Curse. One, two, three, go! Look at the world, you must leave your not as fun as you think But the reason you're unhappy is as simple as it is We have a city to sit in, you don't wanna live in But it's not your fault, but you can't fix that So make you feel proud, but you tell yourself that it is now that brought you down We both know the scum, why pretend like we don't get involved I'm so fucking tired of your fucking whining You got the whole kick, take it to your disappear